Geico presents Motorcycle Word of the Day. Today's word is gremlin. Is a gremlin an unknown and persistent mechanical issue? Or is it something large that gets caught in your teeth when you ride with your mouth open? As in... Man, I gotta stop singing 80s power ballads when I ride. Ugh, keep getting gremlins in my teeth. See? Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hey everybody, welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. We are broadcasting live from the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan today, he's got the day off. For those of you that know, Simon is a professor at a local college here in Milwaukee, and today is their uh, get-back-together as the teachers and staff as a whole before the classes begin on Monday. So Simon is off for the day, uh, preparing to continue to help shape the uh, the greater future of uh, actors and professionals as a whole in the college realm. So no Simon today. He'll be back next week. Uh, we're actually going to be changing our format a little bit coming up uh, in the coming weeks here. But we uh, we don't have anything official yet to tell you. I know we keep teasing you and keep saying, "Oh, we're gonna this is gonna happen or we're gonna do this," and we're still trying to figure it out. So your patience is obviously greatly appreciated. So we will give you much more information as soon as we have it. Uh, it all involves some great things I, I wish i could tell you more i really do it's killing me softly no that's another thing it's it's just, it's it's killing me i will tell you as soon as i can you'll get more information i promise anyway great show in store for you today three big guests joining us all on the shop call in line we'll be joined by yael averbush of fc kansas city in the second segment we'll be joined by rj allen of backline soccer and in our fourth segment We'll be joined by Brian Dunseth of Sirius XM FC and many other broadcasting avenues as well. If you want to get involved with the show, you can find us on social media at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, at 2 Upfront Soccer, all on Twitter. You can also go over to Facebook, give us a like. Uh, we are getting closer to that 600 mark. Thank you to some of those new people that liked our page this week. It's great to see people um, that we don't even know liking the page which i think uh is ideally the goal we obviously love when our friends and family like the show but the more people that simon and i don't know that like the show i think makes it even better that means our reach continues to grow and more people are finding out about what simon and i do on a weekly basis so super excited about that so thank you very much to all of you uh, quick housekeeping thing as well before we get started. A special shout out to our presenting sponsor, Three Lines Pub. They were uh, they won first place in the Shepherd Express uh, Best Sports Bar in Milwaukee. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that are not local to Milwaukee, the Shepherd Express is a, a newspaper in town uh, that comes out uh, that highlights different things around the Milwaukee area, and uh, they had their yearly awards. And uh, the Three Lions Pub is officially the first place sponsor for the best sports bar in Milwaukee. And so congratulations to the Three Lions Pub. 
uh, go over to their Facebook page, uh, Three Lines Pub, and uh, give them some praise and uh, some excitement for them as well. All right, our first segment is brought to you today by Too Much Metal. For one hand, you can go over to TooMuchMetal.com to check out all their rad T-shirts and uh, all their gear as well. I'm looking at the website right now. They've got some epic things over there. They've got some 414 Milwaukee, Wisconsin hats. Uh, They've got some great uh, 414 uh, ladies' fleece options, some V-necks, really anything you want in terms of a style of clothing. They've got it, and it all helps you represent the city of Milwaukee. So 414, definitely an awesome thing. TooMuchMetal.com. Go check it out today. They're the presenting sponsor of The Kickaround, which is the first part of the show. A lot of good things to talk about in the kick around this week, uh, maybe some, some some temptation here, some silliness. We'll start with some silliness to start right away. Uh, for those of you that are Seattle Sounder fans, I'm sure you've already heard about this. Nicholas Ladero claiming that he could get his buddy Luis Suarez to come make a move to the Seattle Sounders. Obviously, this would be farther down the road because Luis Suarez is playing arguably the best soccer of his life over at Barcelona right now. So why in the world would he want to come to uh, Seattle right now uh, when he's got Messi and Neymar as teammates? Instead, he would pick up Ladero and Jordan Morris and Chad Marshall. Nothing against those guys, but I think anybody would be basically a fool to leave Messi and Neymar at this point and come play in Major League Soccer. But it's, it's interesting. Uh, it was MLS Media Day uh, earlier in the week, and Ladero basically teased saying, it's just a matter of a phone call, a phone call away. Yeah, he's already made jokes that he's coming to the league. He's already a fan of Seattle. When the fact that he said he's already made jokes, I think that kind of proves that he doesn't really take it seriously. Maybe I could be wrong. We've been wrong about guys like David Beckham and Jovinko and Villa and Lampard and Gerard that have all come over, even Ladero, for goodness sakes. I mean, I don't know how many people expected Nicholas Ladero to come to Major League Soccer, and sure enough, here he is causing some craziness. So we'll have to see. Ladero says he's obviously hoping uh, he wants to leave his mark and make history in Major League Soccer, which he already helped them win an MLS Cup which is huge, so good for them. I mean, you want to do whatever you can to help make you know, your, your stake in the, the team, the league that you're a part of, big. And Ladero, I think, has done that so far. But is there really any, is there any, any validity to this, I guess? Does anybody really believe that Luis Suarez is going to come play for the Seattle Sounders at some point? I know the allocation process gets a little dicey at times as well, too, and Suarez isn't going to not be a DP, I feel like. He's not going to take a just multi-million dollar pay cut to go be a non-DP just so we can go get signed by the Seattle Sounders. I don't know if that's how it works, honestly, but just MLS has a funny way of getting players onto teams that uh, some people think they shouldn't be on, but that's just kind of how MLS works at some days. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a crazy league to follow at times, but also uh, can be a very rewarding one and exciting one as well. A couple of other things to talk about here in the kick around uh, Dom Dwyer, this is something I'm very excited about. If you haven't heard about this, Dom Dwyer announced uh, also at MLS Media Day that he uh, will be eligible for U.S. citizenship next month. That was also confirmed by multiple other sources, uh, which I think is is great. But then the debate starts because, well, do you bring in Dom Dwyer? He's 26 years old. For those of you that don't know, he was born and raised in England, but has been in the United States since 2009. Uh, for those of you that are women's soccer fans, you know Dom Dwyer better as Sidney LaRue's husband, not Dom Dwyer, the, you know, anyway. For those that don't 
know about the forward pool in the United States, it's gotten a lot deeper in recent years, which has been great. Bobby Wood has definitely stepped up. Josie Altador has been great the last couple of months. But it's been the inconsistency that's been kind of all over the place for the forwards. Jordan Morris has stepped up recently also. It's been great to see him uh, try to rise above and really uh, really showcase that he actually is you know, a good talent. He knows what it takes to be a winner. He knows that he can put the ball in the back of the net as well, too. But what, what really is interesting about this whole article that MLSsoccer.com posted, at least, is all the comments. Everybody's got a comment. Everyone's got their two cents. And, of course, that's obviously what I'm doing at this exact moment as well is offering my two cents. But reading some of those comments are, are interesting. My favorite one is um, one that a gentleman posts and says, As I've said before, the prospect of Dom Dwyer in a United States jersey doesn't exactly make my mouth water. Okay, fine. On his best days, his skill set is roughly equivalent to Wando's. Unfortunately, Wando has shown that skill set is not the best for the international game. Um, agreed that you know he could be a sub for the Gold Cup or a couple of other caps and games where you know, the U.S. is getting killed, forcing them to bring in different players kind of a thing. But it's, it's, it's interesting. The fear that Dom Dwyer is being compared to Chris Wondolowski, and it's funny too because then people kind of just dove onto this person as well and said, all right, you need to calm down. You're acting a little crazy. Dom Dwyer has, uh, is arguably one of the best forwards in Major League Soccer right now. Chris Wondolowski, at least in my opinion, is not. He, they, he'll go down as one of the best to ever play in Major League Soccer. He's gotten, you know, he's scored a ton of goals. He's been a, a crucial part of San Jose and every team he's ever been a part of, basically. And it's just never really transitioned for him on the national team scale. Dom Dwyer is a young, fast powerful forward um i would like to see him and jordan morris race honestly i don't know which one of the two of them is faster uh, i think that would be a fun little thing to do i'm gonna i'm gonna ask brian dunseth about this later on in the show when he comes on to talk about the u.s men's national team currently going on in their camp and see his thoughts about dom dwyer and say hey would dom be a good a good player to have i mean it never hurts to get more guys in the realm of play that know how to put the ball in the back of the net and Dom Dwyer is certainly is a player that can do that. We know what he's been we know what he's capable of doing. I mean, just in Major League Soccer alone, he's uh, scored the second most goals over the last 3 years. So that that number right away is pretty darn good. I mean, he had uh, let's see here. He had 16 goals and three assists in 2016. He scored 50 goals in 96 regular season games since he started playing in 2014. Uh, and he has 53 goals and 8 assists and 121 career MLS regular season games and playoff matches. I don't know how you can argue not wanting to give that guy at least a shot at the national team level. If he can come in and make a big statement right off the bat, I think it's a win-win situation for all people involved. Dom Dwyer, I've always had big respect for him. I've always enjoyed watching him play. I think he has the skill sets to really make the national team a dynamic and exciting play, honestly. So why not bring him in? All right, I'm going to get off my little soapbox here for a moment. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back, Yael Everbush will be here with us of FC Kansas City. Stay tuned. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. No Simon, but Baxter today. Right after this, back with more.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan today. He is off for the day. He'll be back again next week. But for now, you're stuck with me for the day. But I feel like that's not the worst thing, I guess. There could be worse things in life, I guess, than having just to talk to me for, uh, or listen to me, I guess, rather, for an hour. But like I said, we've got great guests that are joining the show today as well. So I feel like that makes things uh, even better, honestly, to... uh, to maximize the amount of time we have together. All right, our first guest today joining us on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. She is returning to the show. It's Yael Everbush of FC Kansas City. Yael, welcome back to the show. How are we doing today? Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Just uh, enjoying some tea here this morning. Oh, I get some, some tea? Work done before my training. I love yes, it. Some yes. tea. What kind of tea are you drinking? Um, I drink this chai tea in the morning usually. Um, I mix it up a little bit, but yeah, right now it's chai. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So you, is it just a straight chai, or do you put any, like, honey or anything else in it? I mean, I don't know. No, I, I put a little milk. I don't know if that's, like, English or European or something, but yeah, I put a little milk up <laughs> through my Oh, there you go. So you're already a very cultured person anyway, Yael, so it makes sense to, oh, know, yeah, to mix very, it Oh, yeah, very, very cultured. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we're, we're excited to have you back on the show, Yael. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about what's going on with the U.S. women's national team right now. Uh, Jill Ellis calling in a bunch of players for her January camp to... Uh, just kind of see where this team is at, and some, a lot of familiar faces, some new faces as well too. But uh, specifically, I, I want to talk about some more actually some of the veteran players on this on this January camp roster because I think from the everybody gets so excited about the new and shiny players, the college players coming in, or you know people like Jess McDonald, Akilio Ohai that are newer in camp, and it's like, well, what are they going to do? It's like, well, let's we'll, we'll get to them. We've talked about them in length, but what I really want to know is focusing on players like, you know, Kelly O'Hara and Megan Rapino and Becky Sauerbrunn and other gals like that that have been around the team for a long time that to, some people might say are coming towards the end of their careers on the national team level, but obviously still have a lot to offer on the on the club level as well. So you play with Becky, of course, down in FC Kansas City. But uh, just out of, out of curiosity, with these veterans that are on the team right now, uh, what what kind of a role are we looking for them, I guess, right now as we head into 2017? There's not going to be any major tournaments aside from the She Believes Cup that this team is going to really participate in, but are they focusing more on helping bring up the youth, or are they going to be... What, what do you think that these veterans need to, to do to make 2017 a good year for them? Yeah, I think, you know, it's always a twofold thing, especially when you're far away from a big tournament. I think you obviously always have to... Ha- produce the best team and the best lineup that you have within the country. I mean, there's no room for like, oh, we'll just go with a a B team or something like that. So it's never like that. Um, But at the same time, you do have to look to prepare players who maybe aren't ready today right now to compete in a a World Cup, but who will be for the next next major tournament. So I think that the role of the the veterans is obviously to be at their best and to fight to to keep their starting spots. And they're the ones who are going to carry the team culture and need to um, basically keep the U.S. Women's National Team at its number one spot. So I think there's a lot of responsibility on those players. And at the same time, you know, when you have new players coming in, I think, and I, I was one of those new players coming in many times, so I know what it's like that you don't you don't really need a veteran player to be telling you how it is or directly showing you. All you need is for them to be at their absolute best and be going out every day trying to crush you, basically, and yeah. <laughs> um, and play at the you know these are the, some of the best players in the world. You know, I think we have a if we did the fifty best female players in the world, we'd have a ton of American players on there. So for the new players just to come in and see how those players train, how they play, what the level is like, that's enough. Um, that's their introduction. So I think really it's the job of those players to be at their absolute best, uh, to carry the program forward, and that itself then prepares younger players. 
one of the players that's back in camp after a hiatus is, M- is Amy Rodriguez, as we know she had a child, of course, and is going to be returning to FC Kansas City as well, too. Have you had the opportunity to, to chat with Amy at all since you guys are teammates? Have you, have you checked in with her to see how she's feeling at all? Yeah, I, t- I talked with her briefly, not at length. Um, I know she, I tried to get her out to, to the training I'm doing because now we're both living in the same area, but she has a tough schedule because she has to wake up super early to train. Um, the life of a mom and pro player. Is, I was going to say, rough. she's got a lot to um, do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she has a slightly busier schedule than even me, and I'm pretty busy. So um, she, yeah, I think, um, you know, Amy's somebody who, she's done this before. She's She knows what it's all about to have a, a child and then come back, get yourself um, back to the highest level and be able to score goals. So I trust that, you know, she's done what it takes. I know she's been out at like 6 a.m. working with Don Scott, the conditioning coach. So <laughs> I think she's she's put in the work and is prepared to be back. I think so, too. I definitely agree that she's going to be a welcome face back out on the field. Uh, I'm curious, uh, one of the gals that is not in camp right now because she just retired, of course, is Heather O'Reilly. Uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts about her move to uh, to Arsenal ladies for, for part of the season um, of the NWSL season, then obviously coming back as well, too. But um, what are your thoughts about that move as a whole as we see kind of more players going over to, to England and to Europe as a whole right now? Yeah, you know, Heather's one of my best friends and we've been teammates in a lot of different situations. And I know for her, she's, you know, she's done it all in the women's game, so to speak. She she has all the accolades. She's played at the absolute highest level for so many years. And for her, this is one thing that, you know, she hasn't experienced yet. And I know that her goal, goal is to stay involved in the women's game far past her playing career in the U.S. and continue to help the program. And I think this is a piece that she feels strongly will help her to do that, to see what it's like elsewhere, learn from a different environment. And that's that's true for, I think, some of the other players who have gone, like um, Alex Morgan, Crystal Dunn, ha- are going abroad to um, to experience something that, no matter how good it is here, and our league is very good and very competitive here with the NWSL, but there's always something new elsewhere. There's a new style, um, learning from, from different players who grew up playing in different environments. Um, and you can't you can't replace that. You can watch as much as you want on TV. You can hear about it. You can watch YouTube videos of them training. But being there and doing it is totally different. And I, I played in Sweden for a year and a half, and I can, um, you know, I can say from firsthand experience, there's nothing that replaces actually going into a new environment that's so unfamiliar and figuring it out. So I think those are players, and Heather, even after her retiring from the national team, is still a player who really um, wants to perfect the tools of her trade and that's one piece of it i think is to go in an environment that you've never been in and allow yourself mentally and physically to figure out how to be successful yeah i would agree with you on that one too we've seen so much success from heather o'reilly and i think that she's just an incredible player that still has a lot to offer regardless if she's playing at the international level and i think now that she won't have the some people might say the distraction of the international level i'm curious to see what she does when she just puts all of her focus into playing at the club level i think that she's going to come back to nwsl an even stronger player and you know, take the take the league by storm, honestly, which uh, which I think will be yeah, great. Yeah, for sure. She's she's always she's always trying to take the league by storm. She so is. She does a great job with it too. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, as we head into 2017, uh, yeah, I know that we talked uh, last time. I think if it was either us or another another guest as well too. We talked about you know a little bit of everything going on with Megan Rapino off the field, and some people were upset about that. Now that the page is kind of turned on that, and we've kind of put all the the craziness that she was involved with in last year. As we go into 2017, are people going to start realizing that Megan Rapino still is a very talented player, and to kind of leave what she was doing with her off field, you know, national anthem stunts? 
where they were and kind of move forward now be like look let's forget about that can we just focus on Megan Rapinoe as a player and at this point is Megan Rapinoe is she still at the same level that we all know that she was at for a long time yeah I think you know what people are everyone's gonna focus on what's in the media and stuff and that those things blow over um fairly quickly and there's and then there's a new issue to be discussing so I think it really comes down to now like you said um on the field and I haven't I have not spoken with her, seen her play in a while. But I know she was still, um, even towards the end of last year, still coming back from a knee injury. You know, you can be back and cleared to play, but that doesn't mean you're your old self with the same confidence and fitness levels. And, you know, um, and that, that can be everything, that little bit of confidence. So I think I'll be interested to see how she's returned and continues to return from the injury because it's a, it's a long process for anyone who's gone through it. And I Fortunately, myself, I've never, knock on wood, but I've seen so many players come back and they're at, you know, they're at 100%, but then it takes even another year to get back that yeah. same, like, swag, so to speak. And she's a player who um, thrives on that, you know. Rapino's a player who can be on the field for 90 minutes, you don't see her much, don't see her much, and then she'll pull off one ridiculous thing that no one else would even think of trying, and that's what makes her special. So I think um, it'll take her some time to get that back, and it'll be interesting to see her road back to that point. I definitely agree with you on that word swag too. When you think of Megan Rapinoe, I think swag is a great word that uh, can be attached to her. Just the way, you, like you said, you know, she can be quiet for ninety minutes and then she can, you know, do something absolutely outstanding that people are like what? What? Holy cow! Like never would have thought in my wildest dreams to do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Before we before we let you go, uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts too about Carly Lloyd being named uh, the FIFA Player of the Year again for the women's side. Uh, in my mind, rightfully deserved. Some people are arguing that her 2016 campaign was not as good as even 2015 was. But I mean, there was a World Cup here and then the Olympics, of course, in 2016. But uh, do you think Carly Lloyd was deserving of this of this title in 2016 for Best Player of the Year? Yeah, you know, people always are going to have things to say, and like. Look at Carly's 2015. There's no way any... You can't match that. No, never. That that doesn't mean she's not deserving of the award again. It just means, like, it was a World Cup year. She scored a freaking hat-trick in the World Cup final. Like, that's like a career-defining moment there. So, obviously, yeah, people are going to say, oh, it wasn't as good as last year. Well, yeah, that's pretty obvious. But I think, you know, Carly is somebody who, for for us as, um, as players especially, as a group of players in our league. I think that Carly's somebody who you want to succeed because she's somebody who continually is trying to get better. Yeah, uh, exactly. There are those players who kind of naturally step out there and they take home a bunch of awards and that's great. We want to be proud of American players, but Carly's somebody who's always um, fine-tuning her game and who wants to stay at the top and not just wants to stay there, but who's actively working every day to be at the top. So for her to take home that award one year and then I know it was her intention every day in training to be back there and take home the award again. Um, I think she's well-deserving of that. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that one, too. Yeah, some people were saying that she looked very surprised when she won the award because considering how, you know, you know, like you said, she's very critical of herself, obviously, so I'm sure she did the very best she could in 2016, but maybe she was like, well, I mean, how do I how do I top 2015 and try to win this yeah, award yeah. again? But uh, hey, and, uh, that's, that's hard to do to top it, but that doesn't mean you can't win the award again. <laughs> exactly, right? You're Even if you don't finish as, as that, that high you're still finishing pretty darn high overall too for from the from a statistical yeah. standpoint as well too well well yeah we really appreciate yeah. you taking time to, to join us on the show again and uh we know that the nwsl season is just a couple of months away do you have that itch are you, are you excited to play again 
Yeah, you know, I'm always, it, it's a long off season for us. And it really we, is. It's know, annoying for us as fans, do, too. Like, <laughs> oh, I know. I know. So I'm always, you're always trying to train with the memory in mind of like what it's going to be like in the season. Like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. So yeah, of course, you know, everything I'm doing is to prepare for the season, but uh, the closer it gets, the more you can actually imagine it when you're training. So that makes it easier. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you joining us, Yael, and we'll uh, hope to have you back on the show again soon. All right. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. There goes Yale Averbush of FC Kansas City on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll have RJ Allen of Backline Soccer here to join us right here on Two Up Front. Back with more right after this. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Inside the studio here, two up front, rolling right along. Tension Era Media Studios. Two up front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Culver. No Simon Provan today. Great conversation there in our last segment with Yale Averbush of FC Kansas City, talking with her about the U.S. Women's National Team and everything circulating, circulating it right now. More so focused on the veteran players. It was good to hear her thoughts and opinions about Heather O'Reilly and uh, Megan Rapino, and then even Carly Lloyd as well, too, winning the uh, the FIFA Player of the year again some people were uh, excited about that others were surprised by that uh, carly herself was surprised by it as well too but hey when you get named the best women women's player in the world um i don't think you're going to be mad about that it's not an award that you walk back up to the podium and be like guys actually i just i don't i can't no so uh, rightfully deserving for carly to win that as well too a uh, reminder as well if you want to continue to uh, follow the show you can go to our website to upfrontsoccer.com and you can find all the shows by going to our website and also looking at it on iTunes, the Sports Podcasting Network, iHeartRadio, and so many other great places. All right, moving along with the show, time to bring in our second guest. Joining us on the shopfutsal.com, call in line is RJ Allen of Backline Soccer. RJ Allen, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty well today. It's been a pretty good day. Yeah, pretty good day. Last time we talked, you were preparing for finals, I believe. So you're you're done and over with with finals. Um, are you are you back to school yet as well? Or are you you? No, no. I graduated in December, twenty third of December. I got an early Christmas present. My goodness! Congratulations, RJ. Are you are you enjoying being an adult now? Um. No, but it'll have to do. <laughs> it'll have to do. Unfortunately, there's really no going back. After you graduate, life kind of hits you in the face like, hello, time to time to be an adult now. That's not fun. Just from exactly. uh, from one that's been out of college for two years. It's, it's yeah, it's it's not awful. 
But either way. All right, let's talk about soccer, something that actually makes us happy, RJ. Uh, looking at the, uh, the NWSL, of course, the draft was just uh, last week as well. Uh, let's start by that first and foremost. Um, what were your thoughts about the 2016-17, rather, uh, NWSL draft? I, the one thing the NWSL has done really well in terms of growth has been the draft. Every year it's gotten better and bigger, and this year we sent three people for background soccer out, and they had a tremendous time. For the first round, the room was packed. My reporters just kept going on and on about how great sort of the NWSL did. So I want to I give them credit because I often am not giving them credit. So I thought I'd give them some credit there. Mm, um, yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was an interesting draft. I thought Sky Blue sort of stole the first round when everybody expected Boston to sort of just come in and, and run the first round. I thought Sky Blue got some pretty good bang for their buck. Yeah. Oh, I would agree with you on that one. I mean, Sky Blue and Boston basically just like traded picks in the first, you know, round basically saying, oh, we'll take a player. Oh, no, you can take a player. I thought maybe they were going to just do a little three on three or five on five, basically just little playoff right there in the beginning with how many players each one was drafting just to to showcase all the, all the players that they got right off the bat. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting draft. I think everybody or a lot of people expected Jane Campbell to go fairly early. She sort of held out to the middle of the second round, and then Houston, of all teams, took her. I don't think anybody expected Houston to take a keeper with who they had on roster. So it, it was an interesting draft in a few different ways. Well, let's talk about that keeper thing for a moment, because Simon and I talked about that on Tuesday briefly. Um, I was I was surprised by that. We had Melissa Henderson on the show as well of the Dash, and we kind of asked her about it, and, they, and she was you know kind of agreeing just that it's going to be a, a crazy camp, honestly, just to see... You know, with Jane Campbell and obviously Lydia Williams going at it, especially with Lydia Williams just being named, uh, you know, basically one of the top players in in Australia, of course, for her for her federation. But what? Um, why? Why? Why draft a goalkeeper in Jane Campbell when you have Lydia Williams? Is that a sign that Lydia Williams might not be around? Or are you going to try to have her learn underneath of Lydia Williams if you're Jane well, Campbell? You, you can't forget Henninger is there as well, and she's a Mexican. Yeah, international. that's true. Um, yeah, that's very true. I forgot about that. So I think. I'm not sure if Houston is going to use it for trade bait later on. I'm not sure sort of how they're going to handle it. Um, Randy Waldrum alluded to the idea of keeping three keepers on roster, which I don't think is, is why going to happen. I don't know why you um, would do that. <laughs> but uh, I think I think it will ultimately there will be a trade. There's a couple teams that could use a, a more seasoned keeper, and Henninger is likely the one out, and she she has experience. She she's been sort of a journeyman in the league. Um, so she's not she's not a bad pickup. Yeah, I would I, I, I would agree. Yeah, I think ultimately you take Jane Campbell because Jane Campbell is still on the board, and if you don't have or if you don't feel you have an immediate need, sort of otherwise, and you have her on the board, I think I think it's smart to take her because you can always trade her. Hmm. You know, if she gets into camp and it's not maybe the fit you want, or you decide, you know what, she wasn't allocated. We thought she was going to be allocated. We don't you know, maybe have the room to, to pay her what we want to or what, what she'll take, then, yeah, you can trade her to, to a team that needs a keeper. So I think there's a couple ways they can play it, but I but I agree. It was a strange pickup. Can you walk me through what Orlando's been doing the last couple of days here? They just uh, grabbed Alana Kennedy, and then they also just grabbed the um, the rights from Portland for Rachel Hill as well. Um, I believe that Tom Somani is trying to recreate the Matobas in Orlando. Yeah, I would agree um, with that. It, 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 
means that if you're an Australian player, Tom Sermani wants you and will move picks and heaven and earth to get you. Um, he, he really does enjoy the Australian style, which I don't blame him. It's fun to watch and yeah. he's picked up some great players. I don't know how much depth they're going to have. I think that's something you sort of have to question is, yeah, you can put together a, a reasonably to very strong starting lineup. But after that, you know, 12th or 13th player, it, it goes downhill quite quickly. Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of worried about as well, especially since you're going to have to figure out a way to replace Alex Morgan for the first several months of the season as well. Yeah, that that is going to be interesting, but they do get her back. It's, it's Of course, you know, yeah, it's they do get her back. Where, you know, you, you only sort of have to stopgap, sort of like the Olympics, when you had to stopgap a little bit, but you knew you were getting them back. It's not like Washington was done where she's just gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I and mean, with Crystal Dunge, I mean, she's completely gone and never coming back. Heather O'Reilly's coming back. Alex Morgan's coming back. So, yeah, it, it's kind of well, interesting. We don't, we don't know about Heather O'Reilly. I thought she was. Last gone. last I heard, she was coming back I mean, in June. I think that chances are Heather O'Reilly ends up in North Carolina. I think, I think they'll make it happen. I think Vladka respects her enough that if she wants to go home to North Carolina, she has a house there, her husband's there. That that FC Casey in North Carolina will make a trade. I don't know if she. I don't know if she's going to play in the league. I don't. I I, I don't. And I, I don't think that this is probably what they're talking about. But I I know that on Twitter today, North Carolina was saying that they have a player announcement today at some point. But I would be shocked if it was Heather O'Reilly. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting little. It's an interesting little idea that she might not come back to FC Casey. A lot of FC Casey people I've talked to don't think she's coming back either. Interesting. Can I not to not to pick on North Carolina, but can I? Are you a fan of North Carolina Courage's Twitter? Because I really am not. I liked Western New York Flash and I, they were, but I, I've gotten a little annoyed by what North Carolina Courage have been doing recently. You know what? I think North Carolina is in an impossible situation. They really are. Because if they, <laughs> if they deny the Western New York history, you're denying arguably the most important soccer club for women in, in U.S. history. Yeah. Um, but if you if you bring it in, then it sort of looks like, well, you're claiming a championship you didn't win. So I don't think they could have made anybody happy. I don't think you could have put the collective, you know, Washington spirit, Houston Dash, Chicago people in charge of that Twitter, and it would have worked out well. I just, they they were never going to win. I think I'll give them, you know, a couple more months, and if, you know, by the start of the season I'm still sort of iffy about them, I'll, I'll call it, but you know, I'm going to try to give them a little bit of time. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I'm actually now looking on Twitter. I think that they've already made their announcement. I don't know if this is the true one. Sam Whit- uh, Weidelman or Whittleman? Yep. I don't know. Okay. Sam, is that- Sam Whittleman uh, is coming to North Carolina and Kennedy is going to Orlando because Tom Sermani loves his Australians. <sighs> I just, I just, I just don't know. Okay, I just was curious because I mean, everybody knows, of course, what North Carolina did when they when they first came into the league. You know, tweeting at everybody, basically saying, "Yo, like, what up? We're the champions," and everyone's like, "Wait, don't you mean the Western New York Flash?" And then it just all went downhill from there. So that was kind of their own, that was kind of their own fault. This is also the first time we've really seen a team like this happen in, in women's women's soccer, at True. least if not women's sports, sort of overall. We don't really have a precedent of how a team is supposed to behave when they move like this. Um, so I think, you know, 
give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them a couple months, and if they're still acting like fools, then <laughs> attack whatever gift you got. Call them out. Be like, listen, Courage, you're, yeah. you've lost your mind, which is unfortunate because I guess I need to start calling now the Courage, but we've had some of our best guests have been from the Courage, so i got to... Got yeah. to be careful with that one, I guess. But all right, um, you had a hot take for me that I was really curious to, to talk more in depth <laughs> about. Um, and I'm sure that there might be other people out there that share your sentiment. Um, so briefly hit that with me before we got to let you run. Um, I am not a fan of CONCACAF awards, as many people on Twitter have found out. And I am not a fan of an award where you take arguably the best player to ever play a position out of contention because of a suspension and or termination. Um, I don't think Ashlyn Harris is the best goalkeeper in CONCACAF. I don't think she should have won the award. And I'm not a fan of fan voting for awards like that. If you want to have a fan award, have a fan award and let it just be pure fan voting. But if you bring in coaches and media, uh, separate the two. I like it. I like it. I wish I had more time to to go with you on that, but uh, that sounds interesting. So there you go. But uh, you heard it here first. Uh, Ashlyn Harris is, uh, yeah, overrated. Maybe I don't know. Is she? She she's not overrated, but she's 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 overinflated by her fan base. There you go. I like it. She's not an Aussie, so I'm surprised she's still on Orlando. Honestly, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. Maybe there's more trades uh, brewing in Orlando. But all right, RJ, appreciate it. Great to chat with you. Let's do it again soon. All right. Always a pleasure. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There goes RJ Allen of Backline Soccer. When we come back, we're going to head over to the U.S. Men's National Team side of things with Brian Dunseth of Sirius XMFC. You are listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Back after this. Inside the Attention Era Media Studios, it's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. No Simon Provan today. Simon is off, but he'll be back again next week. If you want to tweet at us, you can find me at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, at Two Up Front Soccer. All right, moving along with the program, uh, time to head over to the U.S. men's side of things. We've had uh, some good uh, U.S. women's national team discussion and some of the NWSL discussion as well, too, earlier on in the show. But now we get to have an opportunity to dive into the men's side of the game. It's January camp. This is the time where so many things uh, can be decided. Players' futures can basically be altered based off of how they do uh, in this camp. So one of the men that knows this uh, this camp and the U.S. men's national team as a whole fairly well, I think most people would argue, uh, is Brian Dunseth of SiriusXMFC and uh, numerous other broadcasting platforms as well, too. But, uh, Brian, it's great to have you back on the show today. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I appreciate it, my man. Thanks for going uh, easy on me when trying to describe where I steal money from. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, the first time you were on the show, Brian, I felt it was right to just kind of lay it all out there and be like, okay, you probably heard him on one of these, you know, 43 different platforms and 
and now yeah. it's just like, all right, he's on Sirius XM, and you can figure out the rest after that. Basically. I'm good with it. Thanks, man. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the January camp roster, Brian, is uh, is very intriguing, I think, in a lot of sense that obviously it's only MLS players, uh, which most folks kind of thought was going to happen, of course, with everything going on in Europe. But uh, some some might say some some surprise faces on this roster. Are you surprised by anybody that's on this roster right now? Um, I'm surprised by Chad Marshall recall. Um, mm. Long deserving uh, for one reason or another. Uh, never really worked out. Um, Matt Hedges, good to see him in the mix. Keegan Rosenberry, uh, fantastic year in his rookie campaign with with the Philadelphia Union. Uh, probably talk about Walker Zimmerman, yeah. uh, solid player. Not sure he's ready for the national team level, but he's been fantastic last season in particular for FC Dallas. Uh, midfield, obviously got to talk about Benny Fellhaber being back. Yeah, great to see um, him back. Yeah, uh, we knew the moment that Jurgen Klinsmann was let go and it was made public that Benny would have <laughs> some type of tweet. Yep. Uh, crying face emoji tweet uh, to stitch uh, Jurgen Klinsmann back immediately for leaving him off the roster for the last four years. Um, good to see Darlington Nagby back in the mix uh, after what happened uh, in the Cuba and DC game against uh, New Zealand. Um, I really like Kellen Acosta. Surprising to see his name linked with more of a midfield. I think he's yeah could be the future of an outside back position. Um, Pontius Legette, Kakuta Mane, his future uh, with the national team, and then uh, one guy in particular that I'm really really excited to see how this January camp, out of all of them, I'm really excited to see Juan Agudelo. This kid kid has, I think, every physical asset and trait and intangible uh, to be the first guy to truly replicate Josie physically, number one, but number two, um, bring a different aspect to the point striker game. Um, I know at some point we got to talk about Dom Dwyer uh, and how close that is, uh, but Agudelo... In my opinion, I have had such high, high expectations for this young man for the last six years. Um, and I know your 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 path as a professional can take you down many different routes. Um, but I'm really hoping Agadello stays healthy. Um, he's sharp. He's fit uh, because he can do things that not many not many young American forwards in this league can do. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. As somebody that supports the New England Revolution, being able to see a healthy Agudela for the Revolution paired up with Kai Kamara always makes me a happy camper, honestly. But Yeah, we, I wish both of them were off artificial surface week in, week out. But we, we both know that's not going to happen anytime soon. True. But, man, can you can you imagine those two fully fit, fully healthy, and not yeah. having to deal with the effects of the turf? Exactly. We saw that briefly at the end of the season last year when they both were finally healthy. But And I yeah. was like, okay, this is what could have been. But at that point, it was a little too little too little. <laughs> too late but um, I I will say it's kind of funny too you were talking about seeing Benny and Chad back I'm looking at the U.S. soccer website right now I I don't know when these warm-ups were in but the picture of Chad Marshall I don't know if you've seen it is basically from like the early 2000s like 2002 I think basically he still looks like a a young spring chicken basically with the picture that they've got posted for him but uh, love it kind of kind of funny two of the funniest guys two of the fun Chad Marshall just so you know uh, Chad Marshall is hands down, in my opinion, the funniest guy in MLS since Matt Reese retired. Really? Um, and people don't know that because Chad is 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 so hesitant and reluctant to step in front of the camera. He has absolutely no desire to. Interesting. But I promise you, if you ask any of the guys that have ever been in a locker room alongside of him, he is a gigantic six-year-old. He's like Brad <laughs> Guzan and he's like Matt Reese, and they are hilarious 
and not too many people know about it. Everyone knows about Reese, but sure, uh, Guzan, Guzan, and Chad Marshall, two undercover, really, completely hilarious guys. I yeah. never would have guessed, just because I've always seen him, and at least in a Sounders uniform, always kind of like you know yelling at people. I'm like, oh, he doesn't seem yeah. like that nice a guy. He seems like he's always fired up trying to hit somebody, basically. But yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, to an, I mean, you, know, you gotta you gotta obviously play the role when you're on the field, of course. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, can you help me address the Graham Zusi rumors about him being the next outside back for the national team? I honestly think it's kind of an awful idea but um i don't know what your thoughts are i'm okay with it and here's why um graham is has played there a little bit yeah um he's kind of in that phase where he's 30 years old now um he still seems like he's a young spring chicken but i uh, you know like like chris klein um like chris albright uh like fabian johnson there's certain guys that i think have engines um that can play kind of hybrid roles um, and, and I would kind of liken it to putting a center back into a defensive midfielder role. Sure. Um, there's guys that have physical traits, qualities, assets that can play a different position and maybe give you a different look. I, uh, Graham and DeAndre Yedlin are very similar in terms of width, pace, great engine, getting up and down, um, and imagining Graham behind DeAndre on the right-hand side. Two guys that can recover, two guys that can forward, yep. uh, one of which can kind of tuck inside, the other can overlap. Um, and you think about the the service from Graham Zussi and the quality of service. I mean, I, I guess I kind of equate it to when we when we when we slid Demarcus Beasley back to a left back, yeah, um, on the left side, or even an Eddie Lewis to outside left. Oh, back. sure, yep. It's a natural progression to protect protect the legs, but I think Graham is, is smart enough and savvy enough to recognize when to keep the game in front of them uh, and when to kind of when to kind of expose the opponent uh, and get forward into the attack. Talking with Brian Dunseth of SiriusXM here on 2 Up Front on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. Uh, Brian, have you heard uh, some of these back-and-forth jarring between Tim Howard and Jermaine Jones recently about the, uh, the, the two citizen players, basically? Is that, is that going to cause any issues with this camp? I know Tim Howard's not on the roster, but... You know, you've got arguably one of the most vocal people in Jermaine Jones, at least on the field, on this roster. Yeah. Um, to be to to be uh, transparent and completely open and honest, uh, I, I consider myself very good friends with Tim Howard. So let me put that on the table first off. Good I, to I've know, played of course. multiple national teams with him um, and, and, and talked to him quite frequently. I think that what has happened over the years um has been there's been such a a hypersensitive focus uh right wrong or indifferent off the backside of abby wambach's comments Mm. um i think now we're in a stage where anytime there is messages or comments that are perceived as messages being put out there publicly on the backside of jurgen being fired uh they can be construed you can either play up to them or you can dismiss them um I personally believe it's a very fascinating time right now because there were two there were two versions of fans when it came to Jurgen Klinsmann. You were either all in or you were all out. Yeah. And if you were all in, uh, he is untouchable. And there is a fascination, and I think there is a a very blurry line when it comes to Jurgen Klinsmann, the superstar striker, forward, incredible athlete, incredible player versus Jurgen the coach. Yes. Um, as Jurgen the coach, there were very strong messages sent to players, both privately and publicly. It started with Carlos Bocanegra being dropped in Honduras in the last phase of qualifying, and I think it catapulted to the stage where Landon was dropped right before the World Cup. 
I think any time that a player comes out and talks in a negative fashion about Jurgen, he is automatically slaughtered and mm. said it's oh well he's he's bitter he's why didn't he say that when Jurgen was the head coach? Well, the reality is that there were very clear statements from Jurgen with how he handled that locker room, mm. um, and ultimately people forget. Uh, imagine if you in your everyday job decided to tweet or come out publicly. Uh, and say something about your boss. You're going to yeah. get fired, yeah, right? Yeah, yep, so exactly. <laughs> none of these guys are going to come out publicly and say, well, Jurgen Klinsmann is doing this wrong. Jurgen Klinsmann did this. Jurgen yeah. Klinsmann did that. Because ultimately, Jurgen Klinsmann, for five and a half years, controlled the destiny of the international play of players, both domestic and abroad. Um, this is the first time that any player has really come out. We never, We didn't really see players come out publicly and support Jurgen after he was fired. Uh, this is the first time we've seen uh, a player of Timmy Howard's stature uh, insinuate that there were certain guys that were not all in. Now, that being said, Jermaine and Timmy are very, very, very good friends. Oh, yeah. Jermaine Jones has, abs- has actually tattooed Timmy Howard, so that, that shows you how close they are. <laughs> um, but I agree, I agree today with Jermaine's comments. I, I think it is a dangerous conversation yes. um, when you are publicly insinuating that a uh, couple players at the time and the way it came out publicly. And, and I haven't seen the entire context of, of Timmy's initial interview, because I think you can cut and paste and take out of context quotes all the time. Of course. yeah. Um, but with the words that were used, it is a dangerous uh, element. And Timmy was clear when he was talking about Jermaine, he was talking about Fabian Johnson, but I think we as fans, um, can very easily look at the Mexico game in Columbus and the game against Costa Rica and qualifying and say, I've never seen players quit on the badge, but those group of players quit on each other. And I Mm. think in my opinion, reading through the lines, that's what Timmy was referring to at times. We had seen such a healthy focus on trying to identify more players uh, that can be dual nationals that can be difference makers. um, But Guys like Timmy Chandler or Julian Green, I think kind of uh, there's there's a bunch of guys that fall into, are they really all in or are they only here because they weren't good enough to represent the country yeah, which yep. they came through? And the, it, it becomes a very dangerous conversation. I don't think there's a right answer personally, but what I will say, and Landon Donovan uh, called into Jason Davis's show, United States of Soccer, earlier today on SiriusXM, because he was listening to Dave, uh, Jason and the way he talked about uh, Timmy. And he said, listen, I've been there. And Jurgen went out of his way to try to put up a national anthem on the walls at lunch and try to teach people um, that were dual nationals what it meant to be an American, to have a little bit more pride. So I think Jurgen tried, but I think there's also a conversation to be had, the difference between club football and club soccer versus representing the national team. Um because you really do have to be all in. You have to be committed. You have to understand and recognize you might play on a Saturday afternoon. Sunday, you're flying 22 hours to go play in, in, in Honduras at midday uh, on Wednesday in 110 degrees. And then yeah. Thursday, you got to fly back and be a training for Friday because you play on the weekend again. Yep. It's a huge commitment uh, psychologically, physically. Um, and I think it's fair to assume that inside of that locker room on over the last couple of years that there were a lot of players that were looking around and saying, this guy doesn't care enough. And that uh, I'm sorry to break it to a lot of people. 
uh, and it's happened. I was a part of, of, of your New England Revolution for four years in my rookie year in some of the worst times in the club's history from 97 uh, to 2001. <laughs> and, and I can tell you, there were guys there that were taking a paycheck and couldn't have cared less about the club mm. uh, because they would look for the next opportunity to move on um, should the opportunity be there. So I, I guess big picture, I get where Timmy's coming from. Um, I, I totally understand where Jermaine's coming from in the dangerous territory, uh, but it will not affect that locker room, especially with Bruce Arena, Pat Noonan, Matt Reese, Dave Sarikin, and Kenny Arena. Uh, running the show now. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that one. Uh, Brian, we have to run to a break, but do you have time to join us in the final segment for just a little while longer? Yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. in, man. Cool stuff. All right, hang tight for us. All right, we are going to run to a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up our conversation with Brian Dunseth and talk a little bit more, uh, as he mentioned, about Dom Dwyer and some other fun stuff taking place in MLS. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Hang with us. Back with more right after this. Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios. Continuing on our conversation with Sirius XMFC's Brian Dunseth, who joined us last segment and just couldn't get enough of us. He wanted to stay around for one more segment. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, had to, I had to ask him to stay for one more. But either way, Brian, I appreciate you uh, staying around for a little bit longer. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Sorry, I was rambling on. I was trying to do justice to the situation. I, and, I, I, and I'm glad you did. I think uh, people need to hear your opinion, especially you know, knowing that you have, to an extent, more of an inside look at it because of your relationships with the players and as a previous player as well, too. I think that that's fantastic to hear your lens on things to kind of correct us crazy people at times that are like, that's oh, not what's really going on. So uh, I, I appreciate that. 
Yeah, all good, man. All good. Yeah, you asked me a funny question I, I, on the uh, while we were on break about if the New England Revolution had signed any center backs or just in general if they'd done anything <laughs> this offseason. Um, and I laughed um, because, no, no, they haven't. They haven't done a single thing. Uh, and that's actually one of the things I had just on my notes about that I wanted to talk about in the last segment. And it literally just says, Revolution are sad. Uh, and that just, it's, it's just, it's so hard. Did you draw an emoji? Uh, I, I, for I, the I, wanted, face? I wanted to. I just, I didn't yeah. want to, I didn't want to, you know, beat the dead horse. But it's, it's really sad and maddening when they're literally one of the only teams, if not the only team in the offseason that doesn't do a single thing. Um, yeah. And I know, and you mentioned obviously as, as a previous player as well for the team as well, too. But, uh, in, to an extent, they have they're they're pretty well set on the front half of the roster in terms of the midfield and forward positions. I think they're pretty pretty good. But the center backs defensively, there's some big holes that that need to be filled, and the Revolution don't seem to be in any rush to do anything about it. Uh yeah. I mean, I, it's funny. I, I pulled up the roster uh, after we were kind of joking around in the break, and um, it's funny. There, there's so many good players that jump off the page. Yes. And I agree with you. The front, the front side of the roster is, is fantastic. I, I'd argue side. one of the best attacking sides, if not the best attacking side yeah. on paper. Easily, easily. Um, and then you get to defense. And oh. uh, I love Tierney. Uh, I'm yeah. still not sure if outside back is, is his best position. But, I, you know, much like the conversation about Graham Zussi, I, I get that wide players can fit that role with the right system. Uh, Andrew Farrell, I know he can play outside right yep. or he can play centrally. I, I've always liked London Woodbury. I've always thought he deserved another chance, and I'm glad he finally got one. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it's picking up Cody Cropper late is a, is a is a good addition as a backup with you know Bobby Shuttleworth. Um, I just yeah, I mean center backs, center backs, center backs, center backs. Yeah. I mean you've got assets to play with. Uh, I've, I heard Kellen Rowe's name mentioned from a lot of different teams trying to pry him away from New England, but Burnsy and, and, and Heaps aren't going to let that happen anytime no, soon. No, 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 no. Uh, not unless there's a King's Ransom. And we know the King's Ransom is officially 400000 uh general allocation money with Chicago uh, getting Dax McCarty out of New York Red Bulls at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It, I just look at that team and, 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 and Lee Wynn and Agadello and, and Kai and Diego Fagundes and Kellen and Teal. And, uh, just, it's a long list of players that yeah. you're like, how is this team not like competing you know, excessively every single year? But, uh, I mean, last season, obviously, there were some injuries as well, too, but the defensive side of the things, I mean, yeah. I mean it's... And MLS, they, man. It MLS. is, exactly. Columbus and, and Portland and New England and uh, just a couple years ago, L.A. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, four teams that, I know L.A. made the playoffs, but three out of the four teams that have made uh, an MLS Cup final yeah. over the last couple of years aren't involved. It's uh, it's it's a weird league, MLS. <laughs> it is. You're rewarded for your, for your shortcomings. So hopefully, Bernsey... Uh, and heaps have been uh, stockpiling all this target allocation money and general allocation money, and, and, and have some targets they can uh, acquire that pretty would, soon. That would definitely be a be a, a lovely thing as a Revolution supporter. <laughs> um, you you briefly mentioned it, and I talked about it earlier in the show as well too. Just to go back to the national team briefly, uh, Dom Dwyer saying he'll have uh, hopefully have U.S. national team or just U.S. citizenship in February. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I think that's you know very exciting for him and his family as a whole as well too. But uh, U.S. soccer fans are hoping that that means he's going to get a call-up as well to the national team. Um, I would be at least curious to see what would happen if he get, gets a gets a camp call for a friendly, but is he the type of player that the national team needs right now? 
Absolutely. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I, I kind of equate him uh, to Taylor Twelman, to sure. Jason Kreiss, uh, to Stevie Ralston, to Ante Razoff, to Jeff Cunningham, just a couple guys off the top of my head. Um, it's good company to be been, in. Have been phenomenal in Major League Soccer, but for one reason or another, never saw a long-term career uh, with the national team. And, and that, that, that happens. I mean, with the way Bruce and, and Bob and Jurgen had very clear targets of yeah. who they wanted to play and a lot of loyalty involved there. Um, here's the way I look at Dom. And, and I said this on Twitter when someone put this out there immediately after this announcement came out, Dom for me becomes the number three forward immediately. Yeah. And here's why, uh, Josie and Bobby deserve to be the one, two combination. I have no idea what position Jordan Morris plays. I have no idea what position Jossie Zardes plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Johansson has been inconsistent. Uh, Juan Agadello, uh, and again, I just was singing from the rooftops about how much I want him to succeed. He's still unproven at that level. Exactly. Um, Wondolowski should be gone at this point, and <laughs> it should be. And I love Wando. Oh, of course. But at his age, it, 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 he should not be the guy enough. that we're calling in exactly um, going forward. So Dom, to me can score he can play point by himself uh he can play off the shoulder of any forward uh the only concern that i have for dom dwyer is that i i equate him to kind of the i I always say he's kind of like the louis suarez of mls Mm. in that he plays that spearhead but he runs defenders down and he's so antagonistic with the way that he plays that specific position. Yeah. It's brilliant for MLS. He gets under every defender's skin and he forces so many turnovers and he gets in the mind of a defender that for what his strength is in MLS. That's my concern at the international level because there are much higher and more significant consequences when things go wrong. Yes. Um, So that being said, I still think Dom Dwyer brings an asset that we have not seen in that specific position for a long, long time. I agree. I would be very curious to see a camp with, you know, with Dwyer and Agadello and, and Wood and Altidore, like you mentioned, and even Jordan and Josh. Kakutamane. Well oh, my yeah. goodness. If you get all I mean, those Can you imagine guys, how fast? Yeah. And that's what well, some people have said, too, about that's why the U.S. hasn't done so well recently is because they're just not fast enough. I'm like, wow. Well, it's funny, too, because you go back, and, and, and one of the things that I, I absolutely give Jurgen so much credit for was putting, putting the team in tough environments, yeah. not just playing CONCACAF region, like going to France and, and going to Slovakia and going to Belgium and going to Germany and going to uh, Netherlands. But the other thing, the, the other conversation to be had is why the U.S. was so successful in winning those games on the road wasn't just because it was the end of the season. It was because Jurgen was utilizing six substitutions. So yeah. th- there's a there's a bit of a gray area in these wins. But if you look at the starting lineup, the three changes at halftime, and then the three more changes coming on, usually those last three changes were uh, some sort of combination of Bobby Wood, Jordan Morris, and DeAndre Yedlin with mm-hmm. just absolute speed and just killing defenders. Well, that's what we have. We have those players. We have those those physical traits in players. It's just that when you're playing in a qualifier or you're playing in a tournament where you have three substitutions, now you got it right. And I yeah. think that's where there was a, a disconnect between how are we winning these games against these massive countries and then we go to the Gold Cup, and we're losing against Panama. Yeah. Well, it's because maybe he didn't get the starting 11 right, and he only had three substitutions as opposed to six substitutions. But 
I, I love the idea of all of this speed being yeah. available to Bruce Arena. I would agree with you on that one. All right, Brian, we got to cut it off there, unfortunately. But thank you so much for jumping on for two segments today. I really appreciate it, sir. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward. And uh, let's try to get together. I'm going to head out to Boston when uh, Rail Salt Lake comes out. Uh, I'm, I'm coming to town. I'm coming to old stomping grounds. I'm going to go see my old Norwood stomping grounds. I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll have to try to work something out, Brian. I appreciate the time, sir. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, man. Thank you. There goes Brian Dunseth of SiriusXMFC on the shopfutsal.com call in line. Special thanks to all our guests that joined the show today. Y'all, Avery Bush of FC Kansas City, RJ Allen of Backline Soccer, and we just heard from Brian Dunseth of SiriusXM FC as well. If you missed any of the program today, you can go to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, and check all of the on-demand features that you have there. You can get it on Spreaker.com, on iTunes, the Sports Podcasting Network, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's edition. For Simon Provan, I'm Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are 2 Upfront. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. ba ba ba